You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again to another Physics Ed Podcast. I hope you've had a fantastic week and ready to do some more science and tech in your classroom or wherever you just might well be. Hey, uh, this one's a little bit different. We're hearing about the One World Robotics Competition, which is a little bit new, but it's certainly gotten a real roll on because it's in Auckland, Brisbane, Melbourne, Shanghai, Singapore, Sydney, and Taipei for its first year. And Kurt Yang from Actura, who's a product manager over there, has dropped in to let us know what is this One World Robotics all about. This competition is really quite interesting because it's all about really getting kids to use digital literacy skills, you know, the ones that we all talk about, but actually make them apply it to a real world scenario around smart cities. And it's uh, quite interesting. I really want to see how this actually goes. And so this week is all about hearing about this and how you can get your schools involved. So without further ado, let's drop on in. Kurt's got a bit to say. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Kurt, welcome to the Phys Ed Podcast. Oh, thanks, Ben. Ah, thanks for coming on. It is in a very wet, miserable day. <laughs> You're coming yep. out of us. But look, hey, we're sitting in the nice warmth of our video conferencing room here and uh, really looking forward to chat. Thank you. I'm very lucky to be here. Um... Yeah, let's uh, let's get started. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Kurt, tell me, what was it that you, that you get up to? Um, just been really, um, um, been working really, really hard on our uh, latest products. Uh, just just a bit about about myself. Uh, my name's Kurt Young. Um, so I actually grew, I grew up in China. Um, sort of spent half my life there, half my life in Australia and, and New Zealand. Um, uh, for the last maybe about 15, 20 years, I spent overseas. I, um, you know, I worked in different areas, um, banking, um, you know, um, fintech, uh, and now I'm in edutech. You know, it's, it's a very exciting new area, um, and we, are, um, the company is called Actura, so we are about bringing the best STEAM education solution to the market. Uh, me, myself, uh, I work on um, a, a STEAM education solution called Flip Robot, um, and we have a lot of uh, very, very cool hardware, software, and latest um, uh, robotic competition coming up. So it keeps me really, really, really busy. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've been up to. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. There's quite a bit of a move from um, the financial world into the education world. Yep, it definitely has. Um, for me, it was a, a sure thing just, just, uh, just in terms of the sea change of my career. I started off my career in banking um, in various commercial roles. Uh, I think in, in my early days, or in my banking career early days, it was um, it was very just a, you know just normal uh, technology was just sort of started sort of influencing uh, influencing the technology or financial services industry. But I think in the last maybe two or three years, I or even four years, I, I saw a surge in terms of the disruption to the um, product and services to the industry, and even to some aspect was impacting my job as well. So I think I was um, like I was thinking, you know, what could I do? You know, whether just you know change different job or uh, within the bank or actually just having a, a 
another different career path. And uh, I, I was torn between different things. And eventually, I decided to really, really dive, dive, dive into a bit more into the technology area. So I jumped into a smaller fintech company. I worked there for a while. And then this opportunity came up. So now I work in this, uh, you can say, edutech company, uh, which focusing on bringing the best robotics STEM education solution to classrooms. So it's a very, it's been very exciting. Yeah. Well, the um, the Flip Robotics platform is amazing. It's really cool, and um, and and this is not just a straight up infomercial. It actually has had some genuine pedagogy in this because the. When we, we use as an, as an education outreach provider, uh, we use a lot of different education ed tech platforms and all these different ways, the B-Bots, the Lego Robotics and whatnot. What I love about what the Flip Robots does is it's highly accessible uh, for, you know, you know, the schools where you just the budget's a bit limited. And this platform just works. More importantly, it uses coding that's more familiar to kids, especially if they've used Scratch and all that sort of stuff before. And um, so you're heavily involved in, in, in that design of the... Well, like you've worked in tech, but you know, tech can be lots of different versions on the hardware and the software and bits. How were you involved in getting Flip Robot to be born, so to speak? Definitely. Um, just speaking about that, like, it's something I'm also very passionate about. I, I forgot to mention it earlier. Part of the reason why i doing what I do, which I, I felt very fortunate, is uh, I developed this huge passion now towards STEAM education. It's something I wasn't aware of before, but the more I get involved, the more I get passionate about. And also part of the reason why I am, to answer your question now, is in my job, I'm, I'm a product manager there, and I get involved in almost every single aspect uh, from a product development um, point of view. So we're talking about the hardware um, designs and software development, um, just getting customer feedback, school teachers' fee- uh, feedback to the solutions. And when we're designing the curriculum, so we actually have a very comprehensive range of curriculum to uh, to support the, implement- the uh, implementation of the hardware softwares. So er- almost every single aspect of the actual overall fleet robot um, solution I get involved in, and I actually do design some, actually very big chunk of it. That's something I get very excited about. Um, and, um, yeah, and just, uh, you know, I felt very, very fortunate to be part of this. You know. now, there are lots of fun. I mean, I mean, I imagine it's quite uh, challenging to be working the hardware development side, literally just working on how will this casing get manufactured, how will the, how will the circuitry actually work and function, and handle to the student abuse, which <laughs> they're, they're going to abuse the platforms, let's be honest. But then there's the coding side, and then creating the actual curriculum around. I mean, that's quite a bit of stuff to work with. Um, Yes, I mean, which means that, of course, I mean, working with teachers, that's certainly a, you know, majorly important role because, I mean, they're the ones who are going to eventually use it. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, I think after I, like, when I first got into this role, at the time, all we had was uh, a 3D printed um, version of the robot. There was, like, a a prototype. I I probably wouldn't even call that as a prototype because it's, it wasn't even functional. It yep. was just a 3D printed um, version of what it looks like. And we had to approach schools, get their feedback in terms of, is this something what you want to, where you can envision to implement in the classrooms? Uh, and, and from there, um, over the last maybe year and a half to two years, we have developed, developed you know, this whole wide range, about 10, 12 different versions of the, uh, the extension or um, different configuration of the robots and three to four different software platforms and the whole range of curriculums. So it's been amazing. Um, but also to answer your question earlier, uh, it's just, a, I think, through the engagements with schools and teachers, what I felt is in this current um, STEM education industry, um, there is definitely um, a, a fair 
bit of like just in terms of lack of support to teachers. Um, you're just helping them building up the confidence to teach tech, or especially given the tech industry right now, there's so many new different technologies coming up, and um, you know it's hard for teachers to keep up. And you know us, you know as the um, uh, the, the industry people or um, the the vendors or solution providers, I I do believe it is our job to help teachers, making sure they have not just the right tools, just in terms of the hardware softwares, but understand how to use them, understand how to implement. Uh, implement them and actually make their life easier because they're very busy people, as you know. Exactly, and that's exactly what I wanted to chat with you about because that curriculum that's been built out, I mean, it's one thing to roll out a product and go, yeah, good luck. <laughs> it's, another, it's another thing to actually write out actual lessons that people can 100% pick up and use and also teach yourself before you've got students in front of you. And, uh, I mean, that's a major role that Actura does. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, I think, because we, you know, for, for just, you know, say if there are some other... Uh, you know, providers out there, they're providing the hardware, amazing hardware and software, which is great, you know. But say if there's a bit of that gap in terms of support, whether it's from a curriculum, PD and other perspective, the actual implementation will be hard. You know, that that's where the gap is. Where in our case, we have all of that, plus we have what we call like local support as well. So just for your for your, for, for your information, Ben, also for all the audience um, information, uh, Actura, we are an um, Australian-based business. So we're Sydney-based. Like, we headquartered in Sydney. And we have offices and people on the ground in different states and in New Zealand and in Singapore in different areas. And we're able to provide that kind of a local support to teachers in the classrooms every day. And that's one of the things with um, uh, teacher PD sessions. Like we run a lot of those professional development programs in lots of different areas of STEAM and STEM and all the rest. Um, but certainly you get a lot of people with different backgrounds when it comes to coding to technology in general. I mean, that makes it quite interesting. So, so if, if I was to rock up uh, into no idea how to code a single thing, just imagine I did no idea what I was doing, and I wanted to teach a year five class how to deal with just lo- logical reasoning, <laughs> that sort of thing, how do they sort of go from knowing hmm. not much through to a f- someone who can just... Yeah, run programs with a whole bunch of uh, year fives or year six students. How does definitely. it sort of work? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, we we actually got this whole thing map, mapped out. Um, so we have what do we call like a you, you can do a trial. For example, uh, initially, uh, you know, we have people whether we have trainers or we have people we can go to the school um, before they implementing the solution. Right, we actually pr- provide like maybe a, a one to two hours workshop for the teachers. Give them like a from both a technical and a solution point of view. Give them a high level uh, a demo and understanding what our solution is about, and also trying to get them a feel of is it something for them? Is something from a technical point of view they can take on? Because our um, this sort of a starter kit, our entry level robot, it, it it is fairly easy for even year three, four, five students or even higher as well to take on fairly easily. Um, and then from there on, the teachers get a sense of is something you know like they're gonna be able to do or you know for them. And if they decided to implement it, we're actually gonna go go out there to provide them with PD support as well. So we actually do a face to face one day PD session for them. Uh, and also there will be um, uh, what we call like e learning materials uh, like available for teachers to take on. And for those le- uh, learnings and PD sessions that te- uh, teachers doing, they can claim um, NISA or just in general like. A sort of accredited um, CPD hours for the teacher accreditation. 
But the most important thing is that we provide that step-by-step sort of a support uh, from a um, you know pro- um, professional support. Yeah, absolutely. And the, what I love about that is, I mean, okay, the Fleet Robot, I mean, it's got a bunch of different sensors, you know, how, can it find itself away in the room? And then students, off they go merrily away. But what's neat is that I understand you guys are launching a competition, which I think is just nice, because it's one thing to have kids knowing how to you know, program their thing, but it's another thing to compete against others. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, me, myself, for one, is I'm very excited about this um, upcoming. Um, it's the, so the name of the competition is One World. So it's a One World Robotic com- Competitions. Um, so I, I know there are a lot of competition, like uh, robotic com- uh, competition out there already. And to us, the reason why we felt very excited like about this one, the one we are doing is, for one, is it is focused a, a lot heavily on the skills rather than the actual technical um, sort of completion of the challenge, if that makes sense. So in the skills I'm talking about, uh, what we call seven survival skills, um, which is very essential soft skills kids need to master for their f- um, future success. Things like, uh, you know, critical thinking, problem solving, uh, you know, creativity, um, adaptability. So the way we structure the competition is in a way that there will be the technical challenges, which will be very, um, you know, future-proofing, forward-thinking. But at the same time, the, th- the theme or the way we're going to do the scoring a lot of times is actually based on the seven survival skills. And for, for one is, you know, for, for, for teams participating in the competition, they can actually, um, you know, still learn a lot from a technical standpoint. You know, we, so the technologies for your audience as well is we're using um, AI and IoT combined together. It's what we call AIoT. And also there will be sensors involved as well. So the theme or what we call solution category for this competition will be future, uh, smart cities. Yep. So it's talking about solving um, the urgent uh, traffic transportation problems in the metropolitan areas, maybe in the like, 2050s. And obviously, everyone knows these days, uh, autonomous vehicle is coming, whether you like it or not. It's going to be here very soon. Uh, and I think getting our students, our kids, think about how we're going to tackle those problems, uh, not just from a technical standpoint, but also from a social and legal point. So... Um, point of view. So we will be, you know, incorporating all those elements, all those challenges into this competition. So students almost like they felt like they are a startup company. Uh, they need to tackle it. They've been contracted by the government need to tackle these problems and to win the tender. So that that's basically, you know, uh, roughly what this competition is about. Which is awesome because, I mean, that's the essence of what STEM actually is. STEM is really meant to be, yeah, you got the acronym, which we, we know we've had a lot of times on this podcast, but the... Uh, the reality, it's solution finding. It's about solving a problem for a specific purpose on budget, on time. And there's a whole bunch, it's an iterative per- process. So you have to you know, sort a problem out and maybe you mess it up a little bit and you try and fix it, then you do it again and again and again to get closer and closer. But having a genuine goal is what it's all about. And a competition like this would be a lot of fun. So, uh, so just as I wrote, so imagine I'm a, I'm a school and I want to get involved in this thing and I've got flip robots and I'm going to do it. How much stuff is sprung on the students and how much stuff do they, can they create prior to rocking up for the competition on the day? Mm, okay, that's a good question. Assume if, if, the, if your school already, um, you know, having those flip robots, right? Um, so you could, like, through your in-class teaching or maybe your after-school coding clubs, you can actually get started learning a lot of the... Um, the coding side of things. You know, there's a lot of things that you, you can learn with the current 
fleet robot you have uh, and then preparing for the competition but obviously uh, you know we will be releasing what we call practice kits yep. for for them in the in the coming month leading up to the um, the competition so in saying that what I mean is for the robots they already have they can already build up a fairly solid knowledge about from a coding point of view but like but obviously once we chuck in the new elements from AI uh, AIOT um, that technology aspect, that's something they want to learn new once they get the new practice kit. Okay. What, what, uh, what grade levels are, are going to be involved for this? Uh, in Australia, we're targeting year seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. Uh, but depending on um, schools, you know, we can, you know, maybe you know lower or higher. So it, it, it's really, uh, you know, it's fluid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got but, it. But generally, it's seven, eight, and nine. Uh, nah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. And so, when is this coming up? Um, so the area competition uh, is happening from meet uh, from fifteenth of November onwards, so it's maybe a couple of weekends or or so. And the uh, what we call global competition is happening in March next year. So why I say that is so area competition we have about seven, I think it's about eight cities now yep. uh, globally. So we're talking about in Australia we have Sydney, Melbourne, uh, Brisbane, and in. Um, New Zealand, we have Auckland, there's Singapore, there's a couple of Asia countries like Taipei, you know, a few, a few other ones. Um, that's the area competitions happening in November, and the global one will be based in Sydney, um, and all the winning teams from different areas are going to compete here in Sydney. Very exciting. Yeah, yeah that's be awesome. I mean, I mean imagine if, if, if you're in um, uh, year seven or eight as a student, you'd love to hear about this. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, certainly though, I mean, as, as teachers, I mean, putting this in uh, in in your uh, you know your, your scope and sequence for planning for November makes sense because I mean having you, know, you need a bit of time to get the students up and ready but that'd be good yeah and the other thing I just want to quickly touch on on this competition is um, you know I think given this is also our first year doing it as well um, you know we're also providing uh, a fair bit of a financial incentive uh, oh. in financial incentives for school to participate so basically for the global competition winner they will get five thousand US dollars. Um, to towards their uh, you know their future team building or maybe their school um, you know activities and then for each of the area uh, sorry for each of the what we call f- uh, future uh, skills category winners you know how it's like the seven mm. level skills uh, each team also or each team winner also get one thousand US dollars um, for that and also for the area competition winners they will get a, a class set which is like twenty. Um, Fleet Robot Starter Kit, um, and also all the implementation support for their classroom implementation of the Fleet Robot. Solution. Oh, that'd be cool because I mean, um, what one thing especially uh, I mean, as, as an educator, I know that half the problem, half the battle is getting the equipment in the first place. And so, yeah. if you've got you know just you know a couple of robots to enter in the competition, you've got some red hot the trot students who are just nailing it yeah. to get a huge starter set is a big deal. Exactly. I think um, now I'm just sort of speaking not just to students but also to teachers and schools mm. as well. For I think schools and teachers thinking about you know. Um, trialing it out, Fleet Robot, I actually felt using um, this one world competition is a great way to trialing it out because for one is uh, you get a taste of the robot, uh, the Fleet Robot solution technology in general uh, without having to implement it across the whole grade. So it's kind of like a trial period. But at the same time, if you if you guys win, you can actually you get a class set of robots to implement it as well. So, so to, it's, it's, to me, it's a win-win solution from a school 
point of view. Yeah. What I love about uh, these competitions, they tend to be a, a moving thing. They, they're, they're not static, and they tend to be uh, developed over time. Yeah. And I can imagine a competition like this. I mean, year, year 7, 8, and 9, of course, primary schools can get involved for a later version of this. But, I mean, this is the sort of thing that could be done with after-school robotics clubs. Exactly. Easily. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and if anything, it'd be really interesting actually to see who would win, the after-school robotics clubs or the high school cl- club that's really good at it as well, <laughs> have, like, this little war in amongst themselves. But, but, I mean, it'd be a lot of fun with this. And the, the beauty about this is that, I mean, you, th- you sort of think about uh, how learning as a whole should be. I mean, it doesn't stop when we're 18. I could almost imagine this also running also, too, for, all, for university groups or just interest groups, adults. Definitely, well. definitely. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I think this, because it's the first year we're running it, so obviously this is the target we have. Yes. But as we have more success, we will definitely look into opening up more to more audience, more target groups. So that's yeah. awesome. So, <laughs> so if I'm a head teacher, I don't know, year nine, um, and uh, I'm running a faculty and want to get involved. Yep. How do I get in contact? Uh, Okay, so if you want to, firstly, to get some information about the One World Robotic Competition, uh, you can just just Google it. Just Google One World uh, Robotics Competition. Um, The first first search result is actually the the URL for that website. And also, or or alternatively, you can get in touch with me. So I'm also one of the primary um, uh, sort of person responsible for the competition. So I can provide you guys with more information in terms of the registration and all the details of the the competition as well. Absolutely. What we'll do is we'll throw all those details and links in the show notes like we always do. Um, So definitely go check that out. Um, One of the things before you run away, one of the things I like to sort of ask is, um, because it's just always interesting from my end, is is, is perspectives and advice, uh, which often help. So imagine I've got... I don't know, you've got a bunch of people in front of you who are pre-service teachers mm. and they know that they want to implement STEM and not just be about coding, but just just literally STEM in general. Um, what would be your advice if, you, if they had robots in front of them and first steps, how to learn, yep. work with these things? What would, what would be your advice if you only had a couple of minutes to say, here's your first steps as a, uh, a new pre-service teacher to use these platforms? What would you suggest to do? Okay. Um, I think to like even to me as well. I think it just to just don't have the fear because a lot of people every time I think about you know like coding robotics, you, they have this fear like just about technology. Oh, this is too much for me, too hard for me. Um, just 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 get your hands into it. Just very hands on. Build the robot. Um, even that means sometimes you make mistakes or you have different failures and stuff. It doesn't matter because that's how I learn. Coming like for. For someone coming from a finance background, you know, working robotics, if I can do it, I believe everybody can do it. So, um, so my my best advice is just to you know just really get hands on, just just do it, assemble the robot, construct in different ways, um, coding wise. Obviously, for up else solution we have a lot of materials and youtube videos and stuff that help teachers to do uh, we're sorry to um to learn but at the same time um just on more g- generic senses there's a lot of materials out there where the t- teaching people how to do block lead um coding or just to, you know basic sort of script coding so you know just get into it you know like there's no fear you don't have to have like a diploma or a bachelor degree in it to do this stuff because i'm i've been doing it for the last couple of years Everything I learn about hardware, software, I pretty much learn on my own, you know, and also I guess a few helps here and there, but generally I just, yeah, just 
just do it. Yeah. No, I agree because um, the, I was only speaking with uh, Michael Kasimovic uh, a couple of episodes ago, who is uh, very involved with biological sciences at the University of New South Wales, uh, heavily involved with the BEES program. I cannot for the life of me remember, Michael, if you're listening, I cannot remember the acronym, but BEES stands for Biological and Earth and Environmental Sciences or something like that. But he created a bunch of apps. Uh, which was to help his students understand biological processes. Uh, he's not a he's, he's a biological guy. He's a scientist, <laughs> and he started just messing around. And all of a sudden, out of that, have created like twenty different apps that people wow. can actually use, and it's doing phenomenally well. Um, yeah. So yeah, just go to, uh, if you're listening on in, just look through the back catalog. Look for Michael Michael's episode there because it just gives you an idea of his headspace because he was very much about lose the fear and just do it anyway. <laughs> and that's that, uh, it, yeah. it's amazing how, how well it goes and I agree. Perfect. Uh, well, Kurt, thank you so much for my, coming on in. My pleasure. <laughs> and uh, look, I, that one, you know, the One World competition is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And I can imagine this thing growing and growing and growing, I mean, th- as these competitions tend to do. And if you're listening on in and you, know, and you do happen to have Flip Robotics, or if you're considering it, reach out to Kurt, because I've got this feeling that um, this will be a, a competition your kids are just going to love. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate, have a fantastic day. I'll catch you soon. Thank you, Ben. Not all TPL for teachers is as awesome as it could be. I feel like there's a lot of PowerPoint presentations, a lot of sitting and listening to someone talking. Well, if you want a break from that, physics TPL sessions are fully hands-on, fully integrated with the curriculum and full of amazing science ideas that you can put in your classroom right now. Well, what did you think about that? This One World Robotics competition is certainly something where you can really get your kids hooks and teeth into when it comes to having some genuine digital literacy skills. And it's something that Dr. Tony Wagner has talked about when it comes to the seven survival skills in this 21st century of ours. Critical thinking and collaboration and adaptability and initiative and oral skills and accessing and analyzing information, curiosity and imagination, all that stuff is what these competitions is all about. And what Kurt's describing is something that's, well, I can just see these competitions just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And look, if you want to find out more about it, again, the uh, website is One World Robotics. That's all one word. So oneworldrobotics.com.au and check out what this competition is all about and get involved if you're nearby. And if you're not nearby, reach out to them. Let them know, hey, we want to get involved. How can we do this? And maybe they might get that competition to a city near you. So there you go. That's the One More Robotics competition. I hope you enjoyed a bit about this episode, and I hope you have a fantastic week. I'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au